It's nighttime on the internet. A fortune teller realizes draw something is over. A kinkajou gets mean in a gawker comments section. An insomniac goes back to dial-up to fill the endless hours. It's time for the Pod F Tompcast. Welcome to the Pod F Tompcast. When night descends on the internet, Paul F. Tompkins keeps watch over all there is, fueled by the music of Eben Schletter's pianoforte. Together, these two sentries sail unseen towards the shores of day, passing the time with comedy-type ramblings and bitlets. The Pod F. Tompcast, Episode 22. ethereal all of a sudden Evan is getting ethereal up there up there yeah you don't know where he is in space might be way up there here's what happened Uh, again peek inside the thought process I was gonna say ethereal up in there or up in here or whatever and then I was like that sounds hacky I don't want to Come on. That sort of thing. (laughs) So disgusted with everything. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pod F Tompcast. The podcast that begins inelegantly. That is our claim to fame. I'm your host, Paul F. Tompkins. And I guess playing the piano is my co-host, Eben Schletter. I guess that's fair to say. His, his, he's as much of a an aural presence on this thing as I am. Though he only communicates through piano. And, and we can't say why. It's private. It's none of your business. The important thing is he can communicate. But here we are, presenting to you our podcast, the Pod F. Tompcast. Oh, you couldn't have shoehorned Eben's name in there? No, come on, you guys. I, me- I mention them all the time. I can't retrofit the name. I'm not even using retrofit right. Look, I'm tired. <laughs> Full disclosure, I haven't been sleeping well lately. And it takes its toll. I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret that's not mine. Eben Schletter also has not been sleeping well lately. So we'll see what it sounds like when a piano is delirious. <laughs> Getting a little taste right there. <laughs> Anyways, we're happy to be... Coming to you once again. No matter where you are, whether you're to home, whether you are at the gym, in your car, on a tour bus. That's right. I I know for a fact. I've heard from various quarters 
This podcast is listened to by bands, bands on tour. Maybe you're all crammed in a car. Maybe you're enjoying one of those big buses where you can sleep in your little coffin. A special shout out to you, bands. You're just out there trying to make some music, trying to entertain some people. Make them dance. Make them feel something. Let them know it's okay. We've all had heartbreaks. We will have more. This is what makes us human. Do you think a giraffe has ever been sad? Never. They are, they are known as the happiest animals for a reason. They're the happiest animals. Sometimes these things are a direct, there's a direct correlation between the nickname and truth. Giraffes don't break up with people. Giraffes don't get dumped. They eat their dumb leaves. And that's it. What bugs me about giraffes is they don't put themselves out there the way people do. That's why there's no songs from giraffes, only from humans. So kudos to you, dos. People in bands. And yes, I said people. Because it's not just men in bands, there's also women in bands. This is modern, this is modern times, you guys. Come on. Remember in, I want to say it was 1951, when it was signed into law that women were allowed to be in bands? That was a, that was a, an, that was an important time, not only for our country, but the world. Because the rest of the world followed suit, suit, suit. That gum you like, you're coming back in style. The rest, <laughs> the rest of the world followed suit and they were shamed into letting women be in bands. That's how come we now have Katy Perry? She's not in a band. What if all these people, if all these people that are solo artists, how come they don't, how come we don't see more super groups? We see, we see some super, so-called supergroups where it's like, and let's cut the bull. When we're talking about super, super groups, we're talking about famous people. <laughs> Although Cream was technically a supergroup. Clapton and Ginger Baker, the third person. See, this is what I'm talking about. I think a supergroup is if you had all famous people doing a group, the traveling Wilburys, right? There you go. All front people. That's what you need. All front people forming a group. 
more of that should be happening. And I say, why not these pop people? Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, all these people who are these gigantic people on their own. If they form a supergroup, they put on a huge concert just somewhere in this country. Somewhere in this globe. I don't care. Oh! Antarctica, right? They put on a huge concert, a super group concert. Katy Perry, Justin Bieber. Other, One Direction. Oh, no, they're a group. Ah, you know what? Throw them in there. <laughs> All the teen sensations that the teens and the tweens love so much. They put on a gigantic concert in Ar Art Antica. It was misspelled on the posters. We're going to catch hell for that. Art Antica. Antarctica. We get all the teens and tweens to go there to the concert. Then we seal it. That's right. This has been my plan the whole time. We round up all the teens and tweens. You know why? Because they scare me. That's right. I'm scared to walk past a school, a high school that is letting out. I have the same fear of school children that I had when I was a school child. Are these kids going to make fun of me? That's what I think when I walk past them. And guess what? Sometimes they do. One time I was at the gym. I'm working out on a machine. I'm just like doing my thing. It, it, it's got to get done. Trying to trying to do right by myself. And this group of kids walked by. They were being led by an adult. They were going to go play basketball or something like that. It was varying age ranges. They were a ragtag group. A, mo a real motley crew. And I smiled at these kids because I thought, good for you kids. You're getting it done. You're doing activities. This is great. And one of the kids looked up at me on the machine as he passed by. And he did like a little double take. I smiled at him. And then he said, I like your mustache. And I laughed. And then I realized, oh, he's making fun of me. This little kid. And do you know what it is, really? It's jealousy. You think I didn't want to make fun of adults to their faces? <laughs> you know I did. You don't have to know me well to know that that's true. I, that's what I wanted to do. Oh, that kid. Got to me. I felt dumb. I felt dumb that I didn't get it at first. But we'll see. We'll see what happens, young man when you and your kind are exiled to Antarctica. <laughs> now, if you're a young person listening to this, of course, I adore you. 
precious in my sight. You're one of the good ones. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, fast forwarders of all ages, that story is over with. Oh, a couple things I want to address. On a recent episode, I want to say maybe it was episode 21. Maybe it was this, the previous episode to this. One episode prior. I was talking about the Philadelphia delicacy known as water ice. That's water ice, if you don't know, if you're not familiar with the accent. And here's what water ice is. It is finely chopped ice. And then they squirt some flavor onto it. Some flavor syrup onto it. Some people were saying to me on Twitter, Um, I think you mean a snow cone. No. I do not mean a snow cone. You think we didn't have snow cones? They were a separate thing. Water ice is its own thing. Some people call it Italian ice. I eschew that handle. I grew up calling it water ice. I will die calling it water ice. I've already planned out my final words. My deathbed speech. Big shout out to water ice in there. So yes, it's not a snow cone. And it's not shave ice either, which is a a Hawaiian delicacy. Shave ice is delicious. It's like this chopped up ice with flavor squirts on it. And then underneath there, there's some soft ice cream. What? They know how to live in Hawaii. By killing themselves slowly. <laughs> with rich desserts. Also, before that even, I was talking about the town that was the setting for To Kill a Mockingbird. I did not know the name of that town. Still don't. I was calling it To Kill a Mockingbirdville. To Kill a Mockingbirdland. To Kill a Mockingbirdshire. And I was wrong. Wrong in all counts. And a couple people, more than one, more than a couple, I'm going to say a handful of people, wrote to me and said, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. You've done it. Of course it's To Kill a Mockingbird. Nice work, you guys. It's nice to know that somebody's got my back. Because I have got the front. I am taking care of everything that's in front of me. And now, I can walk around blissfully ignorant of anything that happens behind my back. Including little children who want to mock my mustache. We'll see how you like it when you are exiled to Tween Teentica. (laughs) 
Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Pod F Tompcast will feature. Another attempt to free my friend Jen Kirkman from deep inside the internet where she is a disembodied voice. It will feature a cuckoo crazy sketch from the Paul F. Tompkins show featuring three very funny friends of mine. Oh, four very funny. I forgot. That sketch is packed with people. You'll never know which was the person I forgot. (laughs) And we also have the next chapter in our soon-to-be-concluded ongoing series, The Great Undiscovered Project Now. As you know, This is going to be a big movie musical. Andrew Lloyd Webber and Ice-T set this in motion. It's time to start working on it in earnest. There was a lunch. Andrew Lloyd Webber, Ice-T, and Gary Marshall. Ice-T revealed he wasn't really that into doing any of the heavy lifting of writing the thing. He just kind of wanted to do his own thing and have Andrew Lloyd Webber do everything else. Andrew Lloyd Webber sarcastically said, Oh, why doesn't everybody just uh, do whatever they want to do and then bring it to me and then I'll make sense of it all? Stocks out. Werner Herzog, the director, overhears this. Says to Ice-T, I think you should do it. Ice-T gets everybody else on board, all the rest of the actors including some of the non-actors that are involved with the production. They're all going to be in it. Some as characters, some as themselves. Andrew Lloyd Webber has to make sense of it all. Andrew Lloyd Webber has yet to be told this, by the way. But I have a feeling he's going to be told very soon. Like in this next installment of the great undiscovered project flourish (laughs) really going for it Got it now. Thank you, Sir Richard. Just remember, Lord Webber, it's lefty, lefty, righty, returny. Yes, I think it sunk in the fifth time you said it. Thank you. You want a pret? <laughs> you hate that dude. Well, I mean, he's only just a knight, don't you know? Only just slain his first dragon and still going on about it. So utterly tiresome knights. Plus, I worry that he's up to no good with these dashed balloons of his. You mean like a balloon prank? Something far more sinister, I fear. I ask you, 
Whysoever should a fleet of hot air balloons have death from above inscribed upon them? Doesn't seem like the well-to-do picnickers who hire them out should have any need of such an epigram. Yo, maybe people just like to feel cool. Perhaps they'd do well to abandon the white Zinfandel. Now then, Trazier, here we are, in perfect isolation. What is it you wish to discuss with me that required such absolute privacy? Yeah, it's about the movie we're making. So I gathered, please let's do skip a few stanzas ahead, there's a good fellow. Me and the other actors, we followed your plan. And now I'm ready to turn it all over to you. I do beg your pardon? My plan? Yeah, you know. The plan you laid out where we all come up with our own characters, whatever we want, then we bring them to you, and you tie them all together when you write the story. I'm afraid I am only able to blink at you in dumb non-comprehension. What are you going on about? <laughs> Man, it's time for some ginkgo biloba for you. When we had lunch with Gary, remember? You said, why don't you all come up with your own characters, and then I'll pull it all together no matter how hard it is to do. Ah, yes. Now it all comes hatefully back to me. It grieves me not one whit to inform you that I was being sarcastic. You know, I thought so at the time, but somebody talked me out of it. And me and the other guys, we took this idea and we just straight ran with it. Now we all got characters that need a story, and we got somebody willing to invest a lot of money in this thing. Yes, well, how much money are we talking about? the entire budget. I see. Well, that certainly puts the penny in the pudding. Tracy, although the unpleasant work that lies ahead of me is the direct result of your American inability to truly grasp irony, at least the pressure of funding has been removed from the equation. Huh. Do I detect a deeper meaning beneath that syllable? Um, I mean... There is a little bit of pressure. There's always a little bit of pressure, darling, of course. But it takes pressure to make a diamond. Yeah, the time frame is kind of tight. How tight? I suppose I could finish the script in about, oh, let's call it a year and 15 days. Okay, it's tighter than that. Tighter than that? What I've outlined for you is already tighter than a Yorkshire Christmas. In order to get the funding, the whole movie has to be finished in a year and two weeks. But that's... It's... So, we really need that script, like, this weekend. What's it? You can't? There isn't... Andy! No! You unfathomable cretin! I'll have to start working immediately! Do you have any idea how difficult this will be? It will... Kill me! You're killing me! I know I am! I'm the one who's doing it! Why else did oh. I... Oh. 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 Oh, Ice-T. My dear, dear chap, I have only myself to blame. This language, this... English given to us by the Almighty on high is not meant to be misused. Sarcasm is, as ever, a double-edged sword, and I have pierced myself as well as you, and not really you either, because the sarcasm didn't work. Ahoy, Sir Richard! We shall now descend! Aye, aye, my lord! Fraser, forgive me. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. 
You ain't mad at me. Oh, quite the contrary. I have never been more furious with anyone in my entire life. My rage at you shall continue long after this inane globe upon which we ceaselessly toil has burnt to a cinder. I shall rage at you from the afterlife, whether I do so from a silken cloud or a lake of fire. Um, I feel like I'm getting mixed messages here. Like, you just tried to murder me, right? It wasn't like you just tripped and grabbed onto my neck for balance and then started squeezing it as hard as you could for extra balance. Oh, guess what? I'm being sarcastic. Ice tea. I am as much to blame for this fiasco as you are. More so, in fact, as I should have known better than to ever have gotten mixed up with you and the rest of that pack of freaks in the first place. Please be so kind as to send me a detailed description of the Dramatis Persona before you ask, that means the characters, via electronic mail. Now, I trust you will excuse me, as I have a great deal of work to do. Welcome back to Earth. Did you see any birds? (laughs) Do shut up. Uh, sorry, dude. Do I tip you? Now, obviously, you're thinking, how did Paul get Sir Richard Branson to play himself in that little piece of comedy? Surprise! It was me. I know. I'll give you a moment to pick your jaw up from the floor. I had some fun making fun of that guy. Because I fly a lot because of stand-up comedy. You know, you have to go to where the people are. You can't make them come to you. I did try that for a while. Hey, everybody, I'm doing a show. Please come from all parts of America to come see it. Well, that didn't work. So now I have to fly to them. Now that... I don't know if that's fair. I'm one person. Everybody else is a bunch of people. But the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Or the one. Thank you, Star Trek. Um, so sometimes I fly on Virgin America. I've, I think I've flown on all the Virgins. I think the only Virgin line I haven't done is Virgin Galactic. Because that one goes to space. And so far, no space people have requested my comedy. Let me hear from you, space people. You know, I can check the downloads of this podcast and see where people are. Who are podcast? Who are downloading this thing? It, it it shows me all the different regions, quadrants, sections, slices of people. Sometimes I'll see. Sometimes I'll see a country where there's one download, where there's one person in that country who's downloaded the podcast. 
like in oh what was the place I don't know I can't remember it's like a weird little place but like a place like Guatemala right I have one one person in Guatemala who downloaded it once I guess from Libsyn. Maybe I have more people in iTunes who enjoy it. I don't know. I don't know how any of it works, folks. Clearly. My point being, sometimes I fly Virgin, and, uh, you know, you get on a plane and there's a little video. An announce, some, some, some places they do it the old-fashioned way. They have a straight-up announcement of the safety features, how to buckle your seatbelt, all that stuff. They act it out like it's a little play right in front of you. If you're a fan of the theater, this is wonderful. Quick sidebar. Southwest, they try to be funny, you know? With their little... With every little thing. Oh, my God, every little thing. They get on that PA system, and they're like, here we go. Time for some more hilarity. And the last time I was on a Southwest flight, there was a person that was actually funny. One of the flight attendants, who's the main dude, you know, who tells you what's gonna happen on the plane. <laughs> what's gonna happen? You're gonna be on the plane, you're gonna go to the place you're going. That's what's gonna happen. That's the idea, anyway. It's not like a locked door murder mystery theater where it's like, uh, folks, there's been a murder. <laughs> we need your help solving it. That, wait a minute, why are they doing that? That would be great. I would, I would not mind. I, I'm going on the record in my delirious state as saying I wouldn't mind if that happened. I may listen back to this and say, please don't anybody make that happen. But right now, I'm all in favor of locked plane murder mystery on a on a shorter flight like on, on a three hour flight to me seems perfect because it's not you're not dealing with the murder mystery the whole time but a six hour cross country flight too long flying to another country forget it no absolutely not I'm trying to watch eight movies leave me alone but three hour flight going from one of the coasts to the midwest vice versa perfect they check back in with you every once in a while okay did you want a refill on that coffee and also any clues <laughs> if you come up with any clues <laughs> and then there's you know somebody's the dead body they just throw a blanket over them what do they do on a plane right do they land immediately if there's a dead body <laughs> <laughs> they just threw a blanket over him. <laughs> of course they land immediately, Paul. Listen, everyone knows when they get on the plane what the score is, so they throw a blanket over him. Then there's some people that are characters on the plane. This is outrageous. We should land. <laughs> Someone plays a character who's undermining the whole reality of the thing the whole time. Why isn't it it's the one thing that guy gets to say? We should be landing this plane! We're on a plane with a dead body! There's a corpse sitting next to me! 
Sir, please be quiet. You're upsetting the other passengers. This is outrageous! <laughs> All right. So this guy on Southwest, actually funny. You know, on Southwest, the guy will say, All right, right now, you know, Richard and Judy, the two other flight attendants who are beneath me, they will, um... That would be a funny thing for Southwest people to say, by the way, if you want to do that. They're going to show you how to, you know, where the exits are, how to put your seatbelt on, stuff like that. This guy gets you and he goes, All right, folks, uh, right now my ex-wife and her new boyfriend are going to show you uh, all about the safety features. That was funny. I got a legitimate surprised laugh out of me. Then later on, he, like, made fun of... I forget what he said, but he poked fun of... F poked fun at the idea of a water landing. Like, that that would be a bad thing, right? And it would be scary. This is like some dark stuff. And then when we finally landed, the guy went, Whew! <laughs> that, that was funny. Nice work. Maybe you had to be there. Maybe you had to be on a plane in order to appreciate that. But, man, oh man, the guy was going dark. He was the Louis C.K. of Southwest flight attendants. All right, so Virgin, they have a little video. Because they have little TVs in the, in the seats in front of you. So they have a little video. Oh, and also, just, just a tip for any travelers. When you're getting up out of your seat in a laborious fashion, like it's so hard to get up out of those seats... Here's what you do. You push on the back of your own seat for balance. You do not grab onto the seat in front of you, which contains a person. Get it? That thing's not empty. There's a person sitting there. Sometimes that person's me. So don't do that, idiots. Virgin. There's a little video. And they tell you safety features, where the exits are, all that stuff. For some reason, Virgin America, for the tone of their safety video, they have decided upon weary condescension. I've talked about this on Twitter. It deserves to be spoken of again. It's like this voiceover guy. It's all cartoons. I, that's a whole other thing to be annoyed by. Cartoons. We're, we're adults. What are you doing? Hire some actors, by the way. Come on. Well, you, don't, you don't have the money for it, Richard Branson? So, these line drawings, they're trying to figure out the seatbelt and all that stuff, and the, and the voiceover guy is going, Further point zero 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 one of you who've never operated a seatbelt. Hey, some people are flying for the first time, and they might be scared. So why don't you, why don't you dial it down? It's not crazy that there's somebody here who's never put one of these seatbelts on before, and they don't deserve to feel to be made to feel that they are unwelcome on this plane. Then, again, same thing, telling you where the exits are. Please note where your safety exits are. Keep in mind that 
the nearest exit to you might be behind you. Take a look. Go on. We'll wait. What do you... Why is that necessary? And now, okay. When they first started Virgin America, the video was new. And they were trying something. Like, ah, this will be funny. This is years ago. They're still using it. Update it. Come on, Virgin America. Stop treating people like garbage. All airlines. Stop saying, we understand you have many choices when you fly and you chose us. Flying costs a lot of money. We chose you because you're the cheapest. Somehow we got a deal. We had some points or something. When you say that, we all know you're only talking to first class. It's gross and disgusting. We don't have a choice. Ugh. Guys, I'm sorry. This is not what I wanted to spend my time talking about. I told you I'm tired. I'm in a mood. I apologize. Here's the worst part. This isn't live, so... I could cut all this out or re-record it, do happier stuff. I'm not going to. This is what you get. <laughs> what I'm giving you is what you get. That's just how it is. I got an axe to grind with some of these airlines. People need to know. Here's what you need to know now, though. Evan and I do this show at Largo at the Coronet in West Hollywood, California. It's called The Paul F. Tompkins Show. Can't put Evan's name in that one. Will you stop? Time and place. <laughs> and so we do sketches on that show. And this sketch... I'm, I'm pretty pleased with the last few sketches that we've had. We've excerpted for you here on the podcast. Especially with... with Distance, having not heard them in a while, and then listening to them again. They're really silly and crazy stuff. And I'm lucky enough to work with great people who are always game and never walk through it. Like people who are, they are committed to it. And they share their prodigious talents with me. And I'm very grateful for that. This one, no different. It's silly as hell. And it features... Four amazing people. Matt Gorley from the Super Ego Podcast, which if you have not checked out, I've mentioned it on the show before, you should check it out. Those guys are funny. Who else? John Ross Bowie. Hilarious. Maybe you've seen him on The Big Bang Theory. It's Kripke. You've seen him on a million other things. Maybe you've seen him in some internet... Ford Focus commercials with a little orange puppet. Does that voice of that little orange puppet sound familiar? It should. I can say no more. And if you, listen, if you haven't checked out those ads, you should check them out. Ford Focus internet ads with Doug, the orange puppet. Doug, like the name Doug. Sometimes puppets have human names. 
Kimmy Gatewood, one of the Apple sisters. They're hilarious. Kimmy's been in a bunch of sketches on Conan. She's, I adore Kimmy. She is hilarious. She's like a little demon. She has little, she has this mischievous energy. That is, I am fascinated by it. I cannot take my eyes off her when she is on stage. <laughs> and Patton Oswalt. My old comedy buddy. Now this, look, he's a legitimate actor now. This was a big deal to get this guy. <laughs> and he is playing a character in this that was inspired by one of the Super Ego sketches. Something I could not get out of my head. And I wrote it into this. A uh, couple things you should know. Matt Gorley, when he appears in the sketch, he is wearing a Han Solo costume. <laughs> that is very, it's very important. Just remember that when you hear his voice. His will be the first voice other than mine that you hear. Remember he is wearing a Han Solo costume. And also, you're going to hear some trombone music. Whenever you hear trombone music, that means Patton and Kimmy, they're creeping across the stage. Thank you, Eben, for providing some creeping music. Uh, and Kimmy is playing the trombone. She's a multi-talented young lady. She's playing the trombone her own self. Have you ever heard of a woman trombone player? Thank you, 1951. That's all you need to know. Not just about this sketch, but in life. Did you know that you were going to have reached full enlightenment by listening to this podcast? <laughs> oh, did I forget to mention I am the reincarnation of the Buddha? I'm the new Dalai Lama. Is that? I don't know, guys. Look, I can't remember everything that I saw. In that Keanu Reeves movie. <laughs> is the Dalai Lama that we have today, is he the reincarnation of the Buddha? Or is he, is the Dalai Lama its own separate thing? Guys, I forgot to study up on world's religions before I started this podcast. I apologize. Anyway, please enjoy this sketch from the Paul F. Tompkins show. While I go, study up on the world's religions. Namaste. Folks, now it's time for a segment called, um, uh, 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 it's called, uh, sorry, I can't remember the name of the segment. It's, uh, it's uh, very important. I, I guess I forgot to think of a name for it. I'm sorry. Paul. Paul. What? What? I need you to pay attention to me. President Barack Obama, what are you doing here? <laughs> Paul. You graduated high school much too soon. I need you to take all of these trigonometry exams. No, no, I, 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 I can't take those exams now. I'm, I'm doing a show. Oh, no, Paul, you don't understand. If you don't take these exams, well, I might, I might just get sick. <coughs> Paul, why didn't you vote for me? 
No, I did, Mr. President. I voted for you, I swear. No, that's neither here nor there, Paul. Paul, my email says you didn't vote. No, I did, I swear, I promise, I did. It's too late, Paul. You have to hide us from the zombies. No, Paul. Oh, where can we hide? Uh, I don't know. I don't know where we can hide. Oh, people are counting on you with their lives. Where can we hide? Uh, 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 oh, I have it. In your pocket. Put us all in your little pockets. No, no. But you'll never fit. My pockets are too small. Paul, there isn't time. It's pockets or nothing. Your president commands you to put us in your pockets. You can't fit in my pockets. You Paul, it's too pockets. late. They're almost inside. Get down. No, you can't fit in my pocket. You can't fit in my pocket. You can't fit in my pocket. Pete, the stage manager, um, Paul, as I probably don't need to tell you, just walked out on stage, curled up, and fell asleep. <laughs> Not the most professional thing that could happen. <laughs> Paul, Paul, wake up. Your anxiety! Uh, wow. It was a horrible dream. Pete, I think I fell asleep on the stage. Nice deduction, Encyclo Sleepia Brown. <laughs> well, Pete, as always, your sarcasm is hurtful and shoddily constructed. I know. Man, that was a, a weird thing that just happened. I just went out like a light out of nowhere. Do you have narcolepsy? <sighs> I wish. <laughs> no, no, I'm always well rested. Always well rested at all times. Oh, of course, what am I thinking? You get tons of sleep because of your chronic depression. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Oh, Pete, this was weird. This was, this was like I wasn't even in control of my own body, you know? And then, and then the dream that I had, it was like it was someone else's dream, like not my dream. It was just weird. And then at the end, I feel like I heard trombone music. What, like... That's it? Yes, that's it exactly! I can't believe I guessed it. <laughs> Although, to be fair, there's only like five sounds that a trombone can make. <laughs> Pete, I think, I think some force or entity took over my body, made me fall asleep, and made me have a bad dream. I think what I got to do is get to the bottom of this. I have to go into my dreams, find out who it is, and then make it stop. So I have to fall asleep immediately and do some lucid dreaming, catch them in the act. Well, whatever you do, you should do it right now while the audience is sitting here. No, absolutely. <laughs> All right, how do I fall asleep immediately? Oh, Pete, quick, start talking about sports. On it. Well, the Lakers are in kind of an uncertain time right now because Kobe Bryant is set to retire in 2014, and Kevin Durant is going to be a free agent. <laughs> Stop it! You stop! No! Oh no! Oh no! 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 You're making it happen. You stop, and then she stops. You. Mm. 
Stay away. Stay right there. Are you the people who are making me fall asleep and have horrible dreams? Yeah. Well, who are you? I am Sinterklaas. I am the German Santa Claus. I bring gifts of fruit and candied wood to all of the good boys. And to the wicked boys, I flay them with my hellish instruments! What about the little girls? Oh, see, I'll get pajamas. Uh, like me, my name is Lisa. Okay. No, you didn't, shouldn't have gone back. Shouldn't have gone back for two. Sister Klaus gave me my pajamas when I was just nine years of age. I was dreaming of him doing so, and at the exact moment I was dreaming it, Sister Klaus was in my bedroom beating my wicked brother with a long-handled shoehorn. His wickedness was a stain on the world! <laughs> Hold on a second. Liesl, I wonder if the moment you were dreaming about Sinterklaas was the exact moment that he appeared in your bedroom and somehow that sucked you both into the dream world. Yeah, that is pretty much what we assumed. That's the only logical explanation. Yeah, okay, well, sorry, I'm get, getting up to speed here. Yeah. Well, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Why are you making me have bad dreams? Oh, well, my plan was this. I was going to recreate the exact level of anxiety that a German boy feels on Christmas Eve and thus free myself back into the real world. But, of course, my plan failed and... Oh, that I did not have a broken hockey stick with which to beat myself right now! So, so you've been trapped in the dream world this whole time? Yeah, I grew up here in the dream world. Yes, it, yes. It, is a, it is a boring uh, hell of banality. Yes, it is. <laughs> That is true, but at least I had the time to learn how to play the trombone. I concede that the, the trombone is delightful the way that it illustrates my tippy toes, at least. No, don't, you don't have to. No. Okay, all right, all right. That's good. That's good. Everybody, everybody stop. Everybody stop. Everybody stop. Okay, no, you, no. Delightful. Yeah. So many words, so many words in the language. And... All right. I think we all want the same thing. We all want to get back into the waking world, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. If you dreaming about Sinterklaas, the exact moment that he appeared in your bedroom, and him being a supernatural figure, somehow caused you to be sucked into the dream world, maybe me catching you in the dream world, having no idea that you even existed, when I wake up, maybe that will suck us into the waking world together. That makes perfect sense! Makes zero sense! I am desperate, I will go along with it, fine, but I warn you, mortal man, if your plan fails and you become trapped in this dream world with us, I shall beat you with the trombone! No, with a different one, please, give me credit. Fair enough, all right. Now how do I make myself wake up right away? I know, I'll fall 
because I have to wake up before I hit the ground. If I don't, we'll all be dead here. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> mortal mustache man. I am, I am free to once again distribute disappointing gifts and mete out insane punishments. Please, Herr Sinterklaas. Please, when you beat the wicked boys, beat them with this. Lisa, Lisa, I, 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 will, I will always remember you as someone I was trapped in a supernatural prison with. <laughs> Klaus. Well, that all worked out pretty well. Do you think my family is all dead? <laughs> there you go. Kimmy, when Kimmy was looking at me, holding that trombone, She she kept like dare she kept daring me like trying to sneak in notes on that trombone. The look in her eyes was so challenging. Oh, it was the best. And Sinterklaas. It's an episode of Super Ego where Patton played Sinterklaas. And Chris Tallman, very funny guy, very funny comic actor, played the regular, that is to say, American Santa Claus. Um, and they, I, I must have listened to that sketch 50 times. I really, you owe it to yourself to go check that out. Now, as I'm speaking to you, I'm looking up that episode so that I can tell you exactly where it is. I'm trying to multitask right now. I'm trying to, you know, keep a thought going while I'm looking up something. And I feel like I did a really good job of doing that. There we go. It's episode 310. Se <laughs> Season 3, episode 10 of Super Ego. That whole episode, I think I listened to 50 times. It's hilarious. Those guys are the best. Um, so check that out. I hope you enjoyed the sketch. I look, I sincerely hope that you did. Dreams are weird, folks. We all have weird dreams. Yeah, that's not true. I feel like 
somebody I know, Dave Shumka. Speaking of podcasts, very funny podcast called Stop Podcasting Yourself. I've been a guest many times. Some people say I'm the best guest they've ever had. I'm one of those people. Uh, Dave on this podcast, and I can't believe more people did not stop and um, quiz him about this and uh, put him in a psychiatric hospital. He said he's never... He never has nightmares. Like he had never. No, I think I believe he said he had never had a nightmare, and then just had his first nightmare. He's an adult, by the way. He's not. He's not a four-year-old. He's not a four-year-old hosting a podcast. He's an adult. Said that he had never had a nightmare. I don't see how that's possible, unless you are a murderous sociopath. Not even a psychopath, just a sociopath who's like, this is more efficient if I murder people. You never have a... What? Your life is that good? It's so free from care? Your subconscious is not trying to tell you anything? Oh, that made me... I... I was almost angry when I heard that. But then I, you know, then I was thinking, well, what qualifies as a nightmare? Do you think of a nightmare where, like, the movies, you wake up like, Aah! Are you just going by the definition of nightmares put forth in the Nightmare on Elm Street series of films? <laughs> no, I've had dreams that were unpleasant, but I've never had a dream where a guy with um, a hand made of knives tried to kill me. You know, a nightmare. I don't know. I don't know what this guy's problem is. But Dave Shumka... You better start having more nightmares. <laughs> I'm calling you out on it. And I'm telling you, get with the program. <laughs> Have nightmares, Dave. And all of us feel this way. This is an intervention. Here, let me read this letter. Dave, when you said on your podcast that you never had nightmares, it made me feel bad about myself because I've had nightmares. And you made it seem like you're better than me because you haven't had them. I love you and care about you, but I'm willing to never listen to your podcast again until you start having nightmares like everybody else. There you go. That's what I think you're supposed to do based on my hazy recollections of seeing the first season of Intervention. I stopped watching that show when I realized oh, most of these end up with the people not staying clean. So why do I want to see this? I mean, as much fun as it is to watch people's lives fall apart, and we all enjoy that. How about not watching that show? How about not gambling on the people getting it together? Or maybe that's not why people watch that show. I, I wonder sometimes if people watch that show because they just want to see the bad parts. 
That's all of television now. <laughs> That's all of TV. With the exception of like three shows, most TV is, I just want to see people acting like garbage to each other. That's all I want to see. Oh, so entertaining. I just look, I work hard all day. I just want to come home and just relax and see people treat each other like trash. That's all. Just unwind with that, with the worst of human behavior. Okay. Oh, I feel like I'm being very negative on the old podcast. I, I want to be positive, folks. I want to be positive. Well, I am embarrassed to say that Jen Kirkman is still trapped in the internet, and I don't seem to be able to come up with a way to help her. Figures. Uh, hey, Damon, could you come here for a second? You rang? Listen, I don't want to have an antagonistic relationship with you. We're both here in this strange place. We've both got a job to do. Why don't we try to get along with each other? You know, Paul, I think you might be right. Hey, Paul! Paul! I think I can sort of hear you guys! Jen, can you really hear us? That's great news! If we can communicate, I'll bet we can get you out of there! I thought I heard you say, this drought will kill the cattle. Is that correct? No. Well, that's that. Hey, where are you going? I'm gonna go check on the cattle. Yeah, maybe go check on getting another announcer gig. Someone is coming. Scott Ackerman. Ugh, Paul? Oh my gosh, wow, it happened just like she said. Oh, Scott Ackerman, like who said? I, I don't really know, I guess. It was this really calm voice that told me it was transporting me to the internet and, and that I would see you there and that a friend of yours is, is trapped somehow? Yes, yes, all of that is exactly right, Scott. Jen Kirkman is trapped inside the internet. Now, oh. did this voice tell you how to free her? Yes! Fantastic! How? How do we do it? Oh, um, I'm sorry. What, 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 what's, what's the matter? Could I... Could I have, like, a glass of water or something? Uh, sure, sure. We, we can get you a glass of water. Just just tell me how we can free Jen. No, 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 I will, I will. It's just that that was a really weird experience being transported here, and, and I'm a little shaken up. Oh, well, no, of, of course, I understand. And I'd love to tell you what this voice said we should do, but I, I would kind of like to uh, settle my nerves a little bit first. Understood. We will get you a glass of water. I don't mean to be a pain. Scott, you are not being a pain. It is fine. <sighs> then, could I have chocolate milk instead? Don't hate me! I, I will see what I can do. Even though I've been waiting for a long time to try and free my trapped friend from what must surely be a form of living death, um, that's no excuse for poor matters. Hmm, sounds like someone's been watching Downtown Abbey. <laughs> it's not... okay. While we hunt down some chocolate milk, uh, my announcer Damon is going to announce some promos. Okay, Damon, take it away! Take it away? Damon, please just... October 20th at Largo, the Pod F Tomcast, starring me, Damon Crawl. October 25th, Dementia at Cinefamily, scored by Evan Schletter, Paul F. Tompkins also appears. December 15th and 16th at Largo, Benefit for Habitat for Humanity, featuring Adam Scott and others. Benefit for the Los Angeles Food Bank, featuring stand-ups and characters. Ticket links at paulftompkins.com. 
October 23rd, Laboring Under Delusions, live in Brooklyn. To this set available for pre-order at astrecords.com forward slash PFT. Eben Schletter's Halloween-friendly albums. Eben Schletter's Witching Hour, including me, Damon Crawl. The soundtrack to the Damon Crawl film, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Tales of the Frightened, all available on iTunes and Amazon.com. This is Damon Crawl, reminding you to keep your head in the clouds and your arms against a sea of troubles. Super professional. Super professional. Okay, so chocolate milk. We found it. Mm. It's pretty good, Sorry, right? Sorry, I didn't mean to smack my lips like that so much, but ah, it's, it truly is lip-smacking good. It's mm. not bad. Ah. I forgot I hate the taste of chocolate milk. Ah. Why do you... You asked... Well... It sounds right. great in theory. Oh, thank you, by the way, for pronouncing theory correctly. You're way you'll come. <laughs> forgot about your regional accent. <laughs> um, but yeah, an execution, chocolate milk. Oof. But a little, you do, little do bit you, of a bummer. Do you drink regular milk? Oh no, I'm lactose intolerant. Is that is that so? Yeah, and I'm allergic to chocolate. Is that now Scott? What's this? I feel like you're being deliberately obtuse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink I'm not a milk drinker. I, th- I I never liked it when I was a kid even. I drank a lot of it as a kid. Really? I was a growing boy. You didn't think it was gross? Now I think it's gross, yeah. Oh, but as a kid, did you like it or you, oh, were, yeah. you were made to do it? No, I loved it as a kid. Ugh. It's yeah. so... I don't get why it's good. I've never understood it. It's just gross. Now I, get, now I understand that point of view, but back then it was just that was all I drank. Scott, when did it turn for you? Well, I think I got a little more into <laughs> soda pop. Absolutely. A more sophisticated palate enjoys soda pop. Pop. Um, <laughs> what did you... Now, you're from here. You're from Los Angeles area. Yeah, you're yeah. from California. I am. Did you grow up saying soda or pop? We... Tonic, s- some people say. We said Coke. I think... No, we didn't say Coke for everything. You that's, a some, southern, that's a southern that's thing, That's a southern I think. thing. Yeah. We said, can I have some soda or soda pop? I, I would mean, hope you said, may I have some soda? <laughs> <laughs> I was a little impertinent as a child. <laughs> You're insouciant. <laughs> but um, I, went, I, re, I do remember the time that I someone said, pop, can I have some pop? For the first time, and I was like, what do you mean? Soda pop? Oh. Um, oh. And I, I couldn't believe that anyone said pop. And that's when I learned sort of that different people in different parts of the world say things differently. Yeah. And, and you the way you learn this is through shaming them. <laughs> when yes. they say something that's different to you, you make them feel as if they are other. What are you talking about? <laughs> pop. Uh, do you mean a soda pop? Do you mean like how a balloon pops? You want me to pop a balloon in your face? Is that what you're saying? Would you like me to hop on pop? <laughs> are you Theodore Geisel? <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss, of course. The good doctor. Was that an honorary title or degree? No, I think he was a medical doctor. Was he? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Was it? Was he like a podiatrist? Yeah, who cut into human feet. That's what he did. <laughs> That's where he got all of his ideas. That's right. <laughs> you know, if, if people only knew the inside of a human foot is a wonderland oh. that is waiting. It has so much to teach us so about the world. So many just cities like Horton Hears a Who. What, it, yeah. what was that city called? I can't remember. Whoville? No. No, that was from... Uh... Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm just making the connection between... Uh, are the, were the Who's in Whoville mm-hmm. the ones that Horton was hearing? I believe so. He heard so the, one of them. The Who's from the How the Grinch Stole Christmas. 
I think that the Who's carried over. There was the continuing story of the Who's. Why wasn't that story called Why the Grinch Stole Christmas? Exactly. Because the method was not that interesting. It's not like it was Ocean's Eleven. That's what I mean. Yeah, it, just, wasn't, it wasn't a caper. It was just burglary. It wasn't the Italian job. <laughs> um, yeah, why did he do it? That's See, that's storytelling. Why does a Grinch want to steal Christmas? This we get into why, his head. Yeah, this, leave the storytelling to the professionals, podiatrists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cut back into those feet. Take care of those tendons. Oh, the feet you'll cut into. <laughs> that, I, that sounds like a parody of something that I don't know about. <laughs> it's all oh, the places you'll go. Uh, okay. By Dr. Seuss. Seuss. You pronounce it like Henry Higgins. Yes. Henry Higgins, as I called him. Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. Disgusting. That's fun to say, though. It is fun. Did he say disgusting in that play? He did, yeah. Did he say it in the musical? Ooh, I don't, I, I can't say. I'm, I'm a little more familiar with Pygmalion as I saw a whole bunch of productions of it. Really? We were, we were, well, we were doing it in my theater company, and so I saw the rehearsals and saw the play a lot of times. This is so, post-school? This is during school. During school. So, yeah. So. You've, you've been in this play, Pygmalion. No, I have not. I, in fact, My Fair Lady was probably the first musical I ever saw, and one of the things that made me want to get into show business, mm-hmm. and uh, yet I've only seen it a few times, whereas I've seen Pygmalion a lot. But, and you've never been in either? I've never been in either. I've always wanted to be. Would you still want to be in them? Either sure. one. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Would you want to be... Oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, this is turning into work. Is this an official offer? Because um, I'm offer only. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. I feel like uh, politeness <laughs> makes, forces me to mount a production of Pygmalion <laughs> followed immediately by Otherwise, a production of My Fair you Lady. you would be a cad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, are, you do like the musical theater still. Yes. In fact, Casey Wilson and I... Mm-hmm are trying to mount a production. Very funny comedic actress. Yes, from Audiences Happy Endings. for many things. Happy Endings is Saturday currently. Night Live. Saturday Night Live. She and I are both lovers and aficionados. Would she be an aficionada? I'm not sure. Oh, aficionadrix. Yes, of the musical theater. And we both saw the play Patty Lapone, An Evening with Patty Lapone and Mandy Patinkin. And so we want to mount an evening with Scott Ackerman and Casey Wilson doing an evening yes. with Patty Lapone and Mandy Absolutely. Patinkin. Absolutely. And just do it exactly like they did. Now I want you to do this. We really do want to do it. And, and you're going to John ironic. Right. But you're going to try to actually recreate it moment for moment. Yes. And do the songs that they sang. And it, it was a collection of songs such as Somewhere That's Green from Little Shop of Horrors, um, selections from Evita and um, uh, Follies. Protect Your Neck. <laughs> from the Wu Tang, that's clan, right, of course. Um, what? Now, the, I remember you talking about this. There was no sort of flimsy story that bound them together, right? It was just they were. This was an evening with, so yes. they in between they had like a little bit of patter, it but was it was not. They weren't moment. pretending like you if know. They, when they did the selections from Carousel, <laughs> they pretended to be those characters. From I wonder what he'll think of me. I, I guess, guess he'll, he'll call me the, the old man. man. <laughs> I, I think he'll think I can lick him. Any other fella's father? Well, well I, I can. can. <laughs> That's how we used to say it back in the theater. See, in the oh. theater, it's me. It's I mean, the majority of the people you hang out having with are having a bit of fun. You're having are, a bit of fun. Uh, are are 
of that inclination, and so you... They're flamboyant, let's yes, say. exactly. They're theatrical. So you tend to turn everything into sure. a joke like that. Do you tend to turn everything into a joke like that, or does it just happen? There are so many opportunities for it. It's true. It's the, really true. The human body and that, those particular <laughs> sections of it, there are so many words for it. And so many ways to make double entendres. It's really... It seems it seems a shame not to, if you have the opportunity. I, I mean, if it's just sitting there and no one else will pick it up. <laughs> did you go to a, a, a high school for I did. the performing arts? The high, the high school of the performing no, arts. Oh, I do beg your pardon. Fame! I, I want to live forever. Am I doing a good harmony there? That actually was really good. <laughs> Were we rolling? <laughs> no? No. Oh, well. No. This, this, will all be, this will all be excised. <laughs> uh, so there was no stigma about it uh, in this school. About? Because every, about performing. Everybody was doing it. Everyone was doing it. No, um, we were on the campus of a regular high school as well. But, oh. but it was totally separate. So you you were not like people were not looking askance at you for being in the theater. Uh, I think in my regular high school for the first three years I went to a regular high school they yeah. sort of were probably right. but um, because you know because I, I I was in the theater program in high school and there was you know that sort of um, uh, that weirdness about it the right. other kids they thought it was sissified or whatever yeah you would get jokes. Every once in a while, but so in a, in, a, in high school for the performing arts, mm -hmm. were there groups? Were there certain things that you would do that other people would look at and say, "Oh, one of those," like a, a music huh. program or a dance program, or was everybody kind of on board with the freedom of creativity and self-expression? I think there were people who were actor actors, and there were people who were musical theater actors. Unfortunately, we didn't do a lot of regular plays, so everyone right. kind of were was in musicals. So everyone got lumped into them, and so. But there would be um, actors who wanted to do just like Long Day's Journey into Night or yes, something. Yes, yes. But in high school, who really wants to do Long Day's Journey into Night? I kind of when I was in high school, I wanted. To, I I don't think I was aware of that play in high school, mm -hmm. but I I wanted to do like a straight play. I really wanted to do David Mamet plays when I was in high school. I think uh, I, I mentioned this on my own program. But, what program is that? Uh, Comedy Bang Bang, of course. But we, we, I would do. Oh right, you're on it almost all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I would do high school speech competitions, and I would do selections from Sexual Perversity in Chicago. Yes, I did hear you talk about <laughs> Which that. Which is just so inappropriate in a high school setting. Which was that was made into the movie about last night, yes. and that I think is an example of how far we've come or how far we've fallen that a much better title and a much more interesting title, Sexual Perversity in Chicago, and I wonder if like back in the 80s was that? That they were like, well, we, yeah. can't, we can't call a movie, we can't put the word perversity in a movie. It, that's r really, I think, what it was. And what's it wasn't decent. What's interesting to me is they're remaking it now, but they're still calling it about last night. <laughs> Which that movie did not do particularly well, right? But I right? think it, it's more famous than Sexual Perversity in Chicago. That's that's why they're retaining that name. But isn't the movie is famous for the people that were in it, not for the actual but story Paul, of it, right? it's a brand. Scott, now look, we can debate this all day and all night. And we will. And the end. We're going to do it. Here we go. An evening with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be another great production that I want to get off the ground. Oh. You and I debating whether it should be called about last <laughs> night or not. I wanted to do... Um, I, I, <laughs> I was recording a... Uh, a podcast with um, 
the the thrilling adventure hour people mm-hmm. you've you've participated in that yes, show great show and the super ego um guys uh which you've not participated in that i haven't but, but i love their show you should do it sometime because it would be a lot of fun yes I'll, I'll look i'll put a word in their ear uh not necessary but okay uh, i okay. think they're already fans fun <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean alert them to your existence. <laughs> uh, but uh, we were so we we're recording something, and the topic of the television show Smash came yes. up. Yes, and there were four of us that then got into a very heated discussion about the TV show Smash: two for and two against. Mm. And it it was it was I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say which one I was. Okay. But we we uh, I think people could probably guess. Yeah. But we you've we, seen it, right? It was ve- like very very spirited, and we were going back and forth, and it wow. was so much fun. And I said, we should do this on stage. Yes. We should we should do it at the UCB. Take a night. We'll do a half hour, where we will debate the merits the of the TV and show, cons. the pros and cons. Yes. We'll have somebody moderated who doesn't care either way. A and Jim we'll, Lehrer we'll, type. Yes. We'll call it the McSmashlin Group. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we were going to do it, and I contacted UCB. That's the first step, and 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 all the people from that evening, and then one of the people who was on uh, an NBC television program okay. got cold feet about it and said, "I don't think it would probably be a good idea for me to." Go on a stage yeah. and badmouth another NBC show. Or be part of a show that does that. Yeah. Yes. 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 I yes. know who you're talking about. You do know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. And the, I. It's that girl from Revolution. <laughs> That's right. The nameless girl that they found <laughs> yeah. in the forest. Charlie. <laughs> is that her name on the show? The the main girl, I believe, is Charlie, which is always confusing to me because I'm not invested enough in her to know her name is Charlie. Right. So when they say Charlie, go get that thing. You're and like, who's she, Charlie? <laughs> and then she grabs it. And I'm like, hey, why is she grabbing it? They told Charlie to do it. Anyway. <laughs> How come? I feel like we need to open it up to uh, boy names that can also be girl names. Yes, because you always see the girl. Charlie, Jack. The girl in the in the show who's supposed to be one of the guys. She always has a guy's name. Yes. But you never see a guy called Sally. That's true. Well, you know what? Sopranos had a character called Mustang Sally. Oh, that's true. But was, was it short for Salvatore? I believe so. Salvatore. Salvatore. Hey, Salvatore. Oh, oh, Salvatore. Oh. What you do? How come you always come around? Why did you walk in to this place that you always <laughs> come around to? Oh, Dracula, when did you get here? I want to suck your blood. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Evelyn but, used to be a man's name. That's true. There, there was a boy named Sue that I heard about once. True, in song, but mm. not in story. <laughs> it sounded a little like a story because Johnny Cash has no range. No, but <laughs> you know what? Now it's time to say it. He had no range. Yes, let's nail the son of a bitch to the wall. Also, I I found a flaw in um in uh, Folsom Prison Folsom Prison Blues. Yes. Um, if if I if they freed me from this prison, if that railroad track was, if that railroad train was mine, I'd probably move it on a little farther down the line. Now, if you're freed from the prison, mm-hmm. wh- what, you're going to move in next door to it? And then this train bothers you, so you're going to divert the track? <laughs> Just move away. Just get a, get away from the prison. Or try to make change from within the prison. Yeah. Well, unless it's like, are you, are you saying... 
Contact the warden. <laughs> maybe. Try to make change for you know, if you have a, if you have trouble with this train keeping you up at night, contact the warden. This guy didn't try. No. He cer like, he certainly uh, had it all figured out when he shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Oh sure. But then when it comes time to getting that train diverted, he just sits there and thinks about how great it would be and how, what he's going to do if he ever gets out. Send well, out guess what? He's never going to get yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. He's serving three consecutive life sentences yeah. for terrible crimes. Yeah. He doesn't talk about that in the song. No. He doesn't talk about the just grisly rape, murder, suicides yeah. oh. that he's been involved in. No, hold on a second. Are there other songs with oh, this yeah, character? Yeah. Oh, no, I've read the backstory about this guy. He is... Oh, well, how many suicides did he participate in? <laughs> he assisted suicides. Come oh, on. Oh, I see. Is it about Dr. Jack of Orkin? Yes! Oh, now it can be told. <laughs> this is a song about a man just trying to help old people not be alive anymore. Meanwhile, he's grisly murdering them. <laughs> There's a theory that Dr. Jakovorkian is a serial killer. I I can understand that. Yeah. Because uh, he got off on it. Yes. You know? He like, would say, he would he would euthanize old people and mm. then turn to their relatives and say, that was a rush. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> They've just been Kevorkian. <laughs> and then he would do that, like... Eric LaSalle ER fist pump. Yes. Oh, oh why is that imbe Im just embedded, Im embedded in, in my brain forever? Yeah, I, I can see that ad. <laughs> Whoosh. What, did it end up in the opening credits yeah, to that's ER? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that show still on? Oh, yeah. No, it can't be. Oh, yeah. Constantly. Has it been on for 40 years? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the new Bonanza. <laughs> Bonanza? You mean Gunsmoke, I think. Was, I don't know, one of those was on Gunsmoke was the one that was on forever, and James Arness had the record for playing the, the one character the longest. How long was Bonanza on, though? That must have been a good Bonanza years. was on for, uh, I think, two afternoons. <laughs> really? That's it? And it was people, a 12-hour show. People still remember it People to still this remember day. it, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was a 12-hour show. It ran two afternoons. It's like that miniseries the day after. Everyone still remembers it. Only on once. They remember that it happened. Yeah. I don't remember much about it. It was about nuclear war. It was about nuclear war. It was about the perils of nuclear war, and it was a cautionary tale. I, I feel remember. it was very one-sided because they didn't talk about the bonuses, yeah. the benefits of nuclear war. Such as? Well, there's um, finally those uh, nukes uh, uh, have, have uh, finally been worth gone. the money. Yeah, yeah, finally they're gone. No yeah. more nukes. We did yeah, it. No more nukes. We exploded them everywhere. And it wasn't a waste of money. Those taxpayers <laughs> paid for those yes, it's nuclear not like weapons. You, it's not like you're buying a book like uh, the corrections that you're never going to read. And it's just sitting there taunting you from your bookshelf. No, we actually use those nukes. Did you read that book, The Corrections? I did. I really liked it, and I, I don't remember it. a single thing about it. I found that to be true myself, so I reread it the other day mm -hmm. and didn't remember a single thing from it. It was like brand new? It was brand new and great again. And now I feel like I read it for the second time. Now it's really, it's in there. I think I don't think I'll ever forget it again. I'm, I'm scared to reread books because I feel like time is so precious and finite that I always want to be taking in new things. Yeah. That said, I was rereading... This comical book mm -hmm. called Powers. Mm -hmm. Great. And I couldn't remember where I had left off with it because I stopped reading it years ago. I stopped right. reading comics years ago. And then I just, every once in a while, I get back into it. And I was like, I don't remember where some of these covers look familiar, but yeah, I you don't, don't recall the relationships between yeah. people. And Started reading it again. It was all brand new to me. Yeah. 
And then that, something about that made me kind of sad. That you had spent probably two hours rereading the stuff you already read? Yeah, and I did, and that I didn't hadn't retained any of it. Right. Yeah, it's tough to retain stuff though. It is, God. Why it's is really that? Tough because do you tend to skim when you read too, or? I might do that. I might do that. I I I, I certainly I've noticed that. <laughs> I've noticed that in emails mm-hmm. because I, I uh, you'll leave certain important information out well, in be, your memory. Yes, because people will write to me with plenty of details, and mm-hmm. then I'll write back saying, "Yeah, but what time?" And they go, "Uh, right like here, I said, <laughs> yeah, it happens all yeah. the time." Yeah, what's wrong with me? Well, that's a longer program, I think. An evening with Paul F. Tompkins <laughs> and Scott Ackerman. Yes, what's wrong with Contact me? Contact that UCB. <laughs> I'm not sure, though, if I want to be on a program that discusses Paul F. Tompkins like that because, you know, I'm on a Pod F. Tompcast. Right. And I think there may, you know... Conflict of interest. Conflict of interest, yeah. Hmm. You've really opened my eyes to something. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, close them again, though. Okay. You'll be happier. Uh, I think we've proven that I don't retain things. That's true. (laughs) Maybe open your eyes when you read these emails. Don't Uh... have Siri read them to you. Do you have Siri? I don't have Siri yet. I do have Siri. Is it is it is it helping? I don't know. I, I haven't really started using it all that much. <laughs> just but... just for jo- Instagram jokes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you saw that. That is the, that's the oh, I've seen that from many people. That oh. seems to be the biggest the biggest bonus to Siri is that it provides you with fresh internet jokes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I tried doing one text. And it took a, a really long time. So Why? Because it keeps asking you what you mean? I think I was in a bad part of town. Ooh, so the series like, we got to get out of here. I guess I'm, I meant cell service, but that would also be funny if I was in, like, the ghetto and I was trying to hide my phone. The ghetto. So no one would In the ghetto. There's a little baby boy and he's short and sweet. And then he ain't got enough to eat. In the ghetto. White man coming with an expensive phone. <laughs> That's you. I put you in the song. Thank you so much. Yeah, that really personalizes tension. it. That's a lot like when um, pop songs used to incorporate uh, the uh, radio stations into the lyrics. They used to personalize them. Did what? you ever hear that when you were a kid? Oh, this sounds vaguely familiar. So there'd be like, I'm driving in my car. Do, 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 do. Turn on Kiss FM. <laughs> Does that make the song enjoyable Ugh. for anyone? It, but that would just be... Would that be a version of the song? It would not just be like a little promo bumper kind of no, thing. No, they, they would, would do. do... They would play that whole song through, and it would be a version of that song. Ew. And they would do it for every market. Ew. Yeah. What? Yeah. What a pain. Yeah. The if Pointer he, Sisters must have been exhausted. I mean, first of all, they're doing all that pointing. <laughs> It helps, though, if you have family helping you out, right? <laughs> yeah. Then you're not alone. Divided by three. Yeah. Hey. A burden shared is a burden eased. Hey, sis, you don't. You ain't got to do all that pointing by yourself. Lean on me, and I'll point. Lean on me. Well, you that's point. <laughs> that was terrible. Oh. Oh. Scott, let's do our song. Here we, we go. Ha- we haven't done this in Here a long go. time. <laughs> this is just for the listener. Me, me, me. I don't know that we've ever committed this to a recording. No, we haven't. No tape has ever been rolling while we've done this. This is, uh, this is a song that was inspired by a sign that was on the door in the ladies' room at the nightclub Largo. Yes. And I remember telling this story to people a couple of times, and a couple of times David Cross was there, and when I said, Largo had this sign in the bathroom, 
David felt it important to point out, well, a lot of bathrooms have signs like that. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, I grant you that. <laughs> this is where, this is my personal experience with yeah. it. Um, <laughs> well, a lot of people have personal experiences. Yeah, th- but also true, yeah. also true. <laughs> so they had a sign that uh, read, please don't flush sanitary towels down the toilet. And um, you and I, I don't, how did we end up singing this? I think you mentioned that song, or you mentioned that sign rather, and we just started, we broke out into the most glorious song. Yes. It's a sort of like almost a blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. I don't know how it happened, but it, it was, it's like how you hear that the best songs ever written were written in five minutes. Well, this was written without the five minutes. That's right. This took, this, so it's this even took, better than the best it, songs. It took less time to write than it does to listen to. Yes, it just <laughs> came gushing out of our mouths. And it goes a little something like this. <clears throat> Here we go. Mm. Please don't flush sanitary towels down the toilet. Bum, 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 bum. Now that's a song. That is class all the way. That is like straight out of the Brill Building. Oh, that's Carol Kane. Wall of Sound. Bacharach. Neil Diamond. Pol Pot. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he had a, uh, a, a side gig. He loved music. <laughs> he hated people. Oh yeah. Oh. But music, music soothes the savage breast. No, Didn't soothe his. No. But Ma- music. Well, imagine without music, how oh, bad he would have been. That's the thing. People, you know, I mean, people talk about Pol Pot and Hitler. Imagine Hitler without the painting. Ugh. <laughs> Even worse. Well. Okay, Scott. It's been great chatting over disgusting chocolate milk with you. Yeah, it really has. But I think it's time to free Jen from the internet. Uh, agreed. Thank you. All right, now, do I need to write these instructions down? Is it complicated? Paul. (laughs) What, what, what? It could not, it literally could not be simpler. Really? Okay, you are, you're, you're gonna kick yourself when you hear how easy this is. Oh, good. The solution has been under your nose this entire time, okay? Great, what is it? Okay, all you have to do is, <clears throat> oh, hey, what, what is happening? Scott, no, come back. What do I do, what do I do? Scott, Scott, uh, sleepy voice? Jen, Jen, can you hear me? I almost got you out, but Scott got taken away before he could tell me how to do it. Jen, I, 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 it seems like you must have figured out how to get out and sent Scott here, but the voice of the internet sent him away too quickly, so I'm sorry, but you're still trapped. I hope you're all right. I don't have a body or anything. It feels so free. What? Wait, what? Now you like it in there? Jen? Jen, did you send Scott back before he could tell me how to free you? Jen? Ugh. I don't like the sound of that. It just sounded like... I don't know. Well, folks. 
Pod F Tomcast is produced by Eben Schletter and myself, with sound design and music by Mr. Schletter. Thanks to our announcer, Damon Crawl. Thanks to everyone at Largo at the Coronet for letting us perform and record there. Special thanks. These are, you know, those thanks I did before, they were sincere. These thanks that are coming now, they're sincere, but then they're also, they mean more, somehow. Thanks to my wife, Janie Haddad Tompkins, because she has to live with the day-to-day of putting this thing together. I don't do it in a total vacuum. She knows my life. She knows what's going on. She knows this podcast exists. It's not like I go record it and she's like, where are you going? And I say, no, nothing. Listen, stay away from the internet for a while. So she's very, she knows. She's supportive. Sometimes it affects her life and our life together. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the heartbreak of podcasts. Speaking of which, I would also like to thank Chris Magaha. That's Evan Schletter's wife. This thing affects her life, too. She's a good sport. She's got to deal with Evan dealing with the technical stuff. I don't know. It's even less fun. But thank you, Chris. And I, I'm remiss in not thanking you sooner. She doesn't listen to this, by the way. Speaking of not listening to things, why are you not listening to the Dead Authors Podcast, which is another podcast that I host? Why are you not listening to the Thrilling Adventure Podcast, which is hostless? Oh, can you imagine such a thing? But it's another podcast in which I participate alongside... Padgett Brewster. We do a segment called Beyond Belief, where we have these uh, drunk mediums. It's like the thin man, but with ghosts. It's a fun thing. Check it out. And check out the other segments, too. I bet you'll enjoy it. Me and Evan's stuff you can buy online iTunes, Amazon, CDs, DVDs, all that sort of thing. We're both on Tumblr. We're both on Twitter. At P.F. Tompkins, at Eben Schletter. I got a fan... I got a fan page on Facebook. And a new character I want to debut. (laughs) It's called Son of the South who's socially active online. Hey, y'all. You ever go to Facebook? You want to check out Paul F. Tompkins' fan page? Also check out fan page Nether Road Records. That's Abbott Schlatter's fan page. N-E-T-H-E-R-O-T-A. It's a made-up word. If you like joining a group, join the Pot F. Tompcast. What happens when that group gets together? I don't know. I ain't a member. 
I wasn't approved. Aw, woe is me. Not granted membership unto the Pod F Tompcast Facebook group. Well, I guess I just gonna busy myself with Pinterest then. See y'all later. Bye. Bye, new character. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by the one and only time. If you like... <laughs> seems like an awkward time to bring this up. But if you like the show, why don't you leave a review on iTunes and say positive things? Why don't you... Here's what you do. Go to iTunes, leave a positive review, say, go, you know, go on for a couple lines about how much you love the show. And then say how much you miss the character of the social networking son of the South. S-N-S-O-T-S. Just go on there and say, like, how much you love him. He just brings a smile to your face, that sort of thing. There you go. I really do love reading those reviews when people get creative with the stuff. Thanks for listening, everyone. Eben and I are very fond of you. And we look forward to entertaining you some more. We'll see you next time. And until then, don't get drunk and fight each other. Good night, everybody. Good night, y'all. Please, I've asked you to leave. <laughs>